So like, like Debbie was saying, I'm Martin, I'm uh, married to Debbie, and Debbie will be leading us shortly in our time of communion. Um, what else was I going to say on top of that? I don't know. Anyway, and I'm a member here at Pitlocky Baptist Church. That's who I am, if you don't know me and uh, anything about me. And this morning, um, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 10, and it's verses 46 to 52. So I'll be doing a reflection, really, on, on those verses. Mark 10. We're doing a bit of uh, Spanish translation here. I don't know a word of Spanish, but Angie does. So Mark 10, and it's verses... 46 to 52, okay? Uh, there's some Bibles on the side. If anybody wants a Bible, uh, we can pass some Bibles around. Anybody want a Bible? Put your hand up. It might be useful just to be able to follow it. Um, well, it looks like we might have some more people coming in. Uh, okay. <laughs> we'll keep going. Uh, this is the, the story about... Uh, blind Bartimaeus when he receives his sight and um, as I've read it and kind of been looking at it it's a, a very interesting passage and I think Bartimaeus must have been um, quite an interesting character um, because of the way in which I think he receives his sight and the way in which he responds to the various different uh, kind of challenges that he has so it's an interesting passage uh, so if you all um, got that in front of you I'll read it uh, then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. So I do think that's a, an interesting passage. So just a few kind of thoughts on this. Um, so here we have Jesus, and he's got his disciples with him, and uh, they've come to Jericho on their way to Jerusalem, and uh, he knows where he's going, does Jesus? He's on, on his passion. He's walking towards Jerusalem, uh, to Jerusalem where he knows he's going to be um, die on the cross, and that's what we're going to be anyway celebrating in a few minutes' time. And there's a large crowd, and as they start to leave Jericho, they've got this large crowd, and they've got the disciples with them. And there's this chap, Bartimaeus, and he's blind, and he's a beggar, and he's sat at the side of the road. And he shouts out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Bartimaeus must have had some understanding as to who Jesus was. I mean, first of all, he shouted at him. Why would you shout at somebody? But also, he uses the term, son of David. And this is a term that would be used back in those days when they're talking about this, the Messiah. And they knew that the Messiah was going to come from the line of David. And so he had some understanding about who Jesus was. I don't think he was totally ignorant about this man that was walking through Jericho. And so he's shouting and he's saying, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. 
And those around him, the crowd around him, I assume again, agitated and irritated with him and saying to him, look, shut up, Bartimaeus, you're irritating us. You're getting in the way. And they tell him to be quiet, but he won't have it. He won't have it. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. He shouts again, doesn't he? He shouts again to get Jesus' attention. He's not prepared to listen to those around him. He's shouting at, at Jesus. And Jesus at this stage must have been fairly close by because Jesus actually hears Bartimaeus and hears him shouting at him and says to them, call him over, call him over to me. I want to speak to him, call him to me. And so those around him tell him, cheer up, on your feet, Jesus is calling you. And what does Bartimaeus do? He throws his cloak aside, he jumps to his feet and comes to Jesus. I mean, he's expectant into this guy. He's thrown his cloak aside, he's jumped to his feet and he's decided he's gonna to come to Jesus. He is expectant. And at this point, Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want me to do for you? He asks him that question, what do you want me to do for you? And I think standing here and thinking about that passage, it's quite a funny question in some ways. You've got a man that's come across to you, he's been begging, he's blind. I think it would be very obvious to Jesus, bearing in mind he's the son of God, he would understand what actually Bartimaeus needs. But he asks him the question, he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? And he wants a response. He wants a response from Bartimaeus. And so what does Bartimaeus say to him? He says to him, Rabbi, I want to see. And immediately Jesus says to him, go, your faith has healed you. And he's instantly healed at that point. He's instantly healed and Bartimaeus, in the other passage in Luke, talks about him getting up and praising God because he's instantly healed. And those around him in the crowd also, they also shout and they praise God because of this instant healing. And imagine if you'd been there and you'd seen that healing. I know I would be praising God. And I think probably everybody in here would be the same. Wow, what a fantastic healing. This man who couldn't see, he's maybe never ever been able to see anything like we take for granted. He's able to see and wouldn't that cause you to be stirred and to want to praise and to adore this wonderful God that we worship? And so, um, just some thoughts on this as well now. Um, how do we apply this to our lives? And it's particularly that question that I want you to think about and to think about applying that to, our, to your lives. So imagine, use your imaginations. If you've got Jesus stood in front of you and he was saying to you, and he was saying to you, what do you want me, Jesus, to do for you so think about that question think about it what do you want me that's Jesus stood in front of you and he's saying to you what do you want me to do for you and how would you answer that question how would you reply what would you say in some ways it would appear to us for Bartimaeus it was obvious he needed healing of his sight but Bartimaeus could have actually said he could have said I want a new begging bowl he might have asked for that he might have said to him, actually, I want a new set of clothes. There's a scruffy old pair of clothes I've got on here. I want some new clothes. He might have said, I want some money. I'm fed up of begging. But he didn't. He was very specific. And he said, actually, I want you to heal me. And so I think in terms of this, it's very helpful to be specific. Jesus is stood in front of you and saying, what is it that I can do for you? In some way, and... What we can see here is that he says to him, your faith has healed you, and we see an instantaneous healing. 
And in my experience, um, I've not always seen God work that way. I've not seen instantaneous healings. And I can look back over my life as a Christian, and when I've prayed with people, I can think of probably two occasions when I've seen people instantaneously healed. And so God doesn't always come to us and heal us instantaneously. And so there's another scripture I just want to share quickly with you, and it's Matthew 7, and it's verses 7 to 8. And it's a a very well-known scripture. Can I just have some water? Thank you. Uh, you, might, you might want to turn to it, but it's, uh, you'll know it. It's Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. And it says, and this is Jesus speaking, so it's a good authority. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And then really, Jesus repeats himself in verse 8 to re-emphasize what he's already said in the previous verse. And he says... For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So to me, there can also be a process. Sometimes we see an absolute instantaneous healing. And from my own experience as well of praying for other people, it's tended to be a a process. So if I'm in my own personal prayer life, it can be a process with people. That's generally what I've found, and that people can take, it can take place over a period of time when you're seeing either healing or a change or circumstances. I've not seen many instantaneous changes, but here we talked about ask, seek, knock. And I I learned this a year ago, so you think, what's he been thinking about all these years as a Christian? But ask can be A for ask, S for seek, and K for knock. It's dead easy, isn't it? But you can remember it that way, and you think, well, you've been a bit thick, I know that already. But anyway, it didn't occur to me until last year, so that's a good way of remembering it. Ask, seek, knock, the word ask. So just some... um, just some points, really, that I've thought about just to bring out about what I've been saying. Um, I don't think what we're talking about here is just reserved for physical healing. I don't think we're talking just about physical healing here, because I'm going to be asking you the question and asking you again, what is it that God would say to you? And for me, um, just being a bit personal recently, um, <laughs> I felt that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me about rejection and the way in which I deal with rejection, and some of it's perceived, it's not particularly rejection in itself, but sometimes we can take people's words and we can twist them and distort them, and so it becomes something it wasn't meant to be, and uh, I, I can struggle with rejection. People aren't always rejecting me, but I can understand it and take it that way. So that's a very specific word that I've had from God through the Holy Spirit. Um, and so if God's asking me this question, what do you want me to do for you? I would say, I want you to heal me from rejection. But that's not necessarily physical healing. It's more of a, a kind of a, a psychological healing that I feel God wants to bring into my life. So I think when we're talking here, don't, be, don't just limit it to a physical healing. Think a bit larger than that. And, then, and, and I feel this is important, and um, I think it fits what, with what I'm talking about. Um, it's the why question. If you ask that question of what do you want me to do for you, and you reply by saying, why have you done this? Why has this happened in my life? Why has that happened to the other person? I'm not convinced you'll get an answer. I haven't particularly found that way is very good in terms of my communication with God. If you ask the why question, I don't think you always get a specific answer back. I certainly haven't experienced that, and I've heard this from a few other people I've heard that are speakers that are more knowledgeable on these things than me. The why question isn't a good one to ask. So if you're saying, 
in answer to this question, you're saying, why has this happened to me? I don't think you'll get a specific answer. You need to rephrase your question in a different way. And one of the questions I was asking was, you know, over the period of time, I've suffered quite a bit of stress with work and just the way in which I handle it. And I, one of the questions I was asking, why is this stress happening to me? And I won't get an answer, but I, um, through, again, I, what I would say it was the Holy Spirit, spoke to me through somebody else, and he was really saying, the better question is to say, where are you in this stress? Show me where you are in this stress so I can cope better with it. And you'll get answers that way because you'll begin to understand and learn where God is within that stress. So the why question isn't a great one. And the reason why I'm kind of emphasizing this is um, other people here that are struggling with that question. Are some of you actually asking that question and you're not getting answers? I don't know. I might be wrong with this, but if God's laid that on my heart, you need to ask yourself that question. And then come with a different way of approaching it and ask God in a different way. What is it that you want to do here? How are you working? Don't just leave it as the why question. And then I think the other thing is be specific. Bartimaeus was very specific, wasn't he? And he said, I want my healing. I want my healing. And for us, that might be difficult. You might need to phrase your question in terms of, or your answer in terms of, um, sorry, I've just got to think <laughs> You might have to think of it as you've got to press into God. Father, what is it that I need at this time? What is it that you're trying to teach me? What is it you're trying to speak to me about? What is it you're saying to me? So that being specific, but I do think it should lead to a specific one where it has for me in terms of rejection. That's something I can be specific about it. But it took me a process to get to that. And it might be at this time when I'm going to be asking you again, what do you want me to do for you? You need to almost turn it back on God and saying. What do you want to say to me in this? I want to be open. I want to hear your word for me. I want you to speak into my life. But I'm going to be open enough for you to be able to speak. So be specific, but be prepared also to say, if, if I'm not sure, what is it that you're really saying to me at this time and place? I want to be open, and I want to discern, and I want to hear. And then finally, it's just about faith. Because Jesus' response was, your faith has healed you. And that can in some ways maybe trip us up at times. And that it is about faith but it's about faith in a God that desires to heal us. And if we're unsure that God really wants to meet us, that he wants to speak to us, that he actually wants to heal us, then it's, it's not a particularly good place to be in. The thing is to then say, well, Father God, increase my faith. I want to have faith in this situation. I want to know that you can actually heal me. I want to know that you can speak to me. And you might feel you haven't got the faith, but be honest, be honest about it. And God will then, I'm sure, will seek to meet you in that and to give you the faith that you need. Or it might be that you need to say, you know, Jesus, I don't actually have an answer to that question at the moment, but give me the faith to believe that you really love me, you care for me, you desire me, desire for me, and that you will give me answers to these things. And so you then can be specific. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to ask you that question again, because I've been asking it all the way through. So if Jesus was actually stood in front of you and he said to you, each one of you, he knows you by name. He knows everything about you. He knows everything that you've done so far. He knows everything. He knows you better than he knows yourself. But he's asking you that question. He says to me, what do you want me, that being Jesus, what do you want me to do for you at this time and in this place? And how would you answer that? What would your answer be? So we're just going to have a few moments of silence, just a couple of minutes, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Just let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And then we've got a song that we'll put up 
uh, on the overhead, uh, just again to allow some time for, for reflection on that kind of question. So just a couple of minutes of silence and just hope and allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your lives now. If I can uh, just draw your attention back and ask Andrew to put this song up. It's uh, a song called I Lay It All Down. And it's, called, uh, it's by somebody called Will Regan. So Andrew...